Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. It's that time of the week where we talk about all things food-related. And I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's good to speak to you. It's like deja vu. <laughs> Sort yeah. of, yes. I, I know what you mean. We spoke We spoke yesterday when you were on the extended uh, typhoon duty, right? That's right. And, and you very kindly ventured oh, up well. to the rooftop um, and braved the wind and the rain. Yeah, didn't get hit by any of the uh, potted plants that we've got up there. That was a bonus. That's good, uh, that's good. Back to normal now, isn't it? Exactly, it's like a dream. Every after every typhoon is like, oh, back to back back to reality. Anyway, speaking of reality, um, yeah. the reality is you sent over a couple of really interesting pictures, which I've posted on the Facebook page, um, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three. Um, where should we begin? I'd love for our well, listeners to check them out. Yeah, please do, listeners. Um, it's, uh, I mean, a big focus for today. I thought that we used to. Sometimes there's been a lot going on globally. There's always interesting stories, but we used to sometimes pause for a moment to have a focus on one particular ingredient or a foodstuff. We've certainly mentioned this one in passing over the decade or so that it really is, Noreen, that we've been doing Tuesday reports uh, together on your shows. Yeah. Um, but, but, but we haven't ever given it the, uh, the kind of centre stage platform or uh, put it under the microscope in the way that I thought we might just have a look at it today. Um, it's the I'm talking about the first image and a few others that I've sent Noreen Mir um, on her Facebook page, Noreen Mir on, on uh, RTHK Radio 3. And there's more than one image of it. It's seaweed, which is used, of course, we're all familiar with it mostly, mostly, I'd say, through, through Japanese food um, that, that sort of made headway into all kinds of Asian and global um, cultures around the world. I, I would say it, it has taken some decades for that to happen. I mean, time goes by quickly, but 30 years ago, uh, before I came to Hong Kong, um, I, I certainly didn't hear of Japanese food, particularly in, uh, in the UK, uh, mm. which is where I was based. Um, I don't know... Did you did you grow up with Japanese food being a thing, Noreen? Because you're a much younger generation than me. Um, you mean in Hong Kong? Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, I only started having sushi when I was about eight or nine years old, and that was when we used to go to um Jusco Supermarket back in the oh, day. Yeah. Yeah, because you know nowadays a, a lot of the regular supermarkets will have it, but back mm. in the day you had to, you know, back in the eighties and the nine, well nineties, um, you'd have to go to the specialized Japanese uh, mm. supermarkets to be able to pick up some some sushi, and they weren't cheap. They were. I remember them being, I think it was three or five dollars per sushi which per, 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 per piece, per, per piece. In, in those days. exactly yeah, yeah i think it was about yeah three dollars i think it is yeah yeah so. that is that is that is quite a lot for in, in that old in money in those days indeed i mean it's always been considered before some of the big chains came along um i, I mean when i was full-time at rthk we used to take a stroll down to lock Fu and go to one there sometimes didn't we which was uh um, which was much more, oh, yeah. um, you know, reasonably priced. Um, so I, I, I think also when I look at what's going on in the UK now, when I have been back to visit my family who are still there, um, my, my, my parents and uh, sister and cousins and so on, um, everyone is familiar with it. But certainly when I grew up over there, 
it seemed, um, you know, it, it seemed a very uh, unusual idea. However, actually, the first Chinese restaurant that I ever went to, which uh, was supposed to be a Cantonese restaurant um, in uh, suburban North London where, where I grew up, um, did have crispy fried seaweed, which, um, which Brits... Yeah, and Brits, Brits would say, oh, that's what everyone's eating in, in southern China. It's, um, yeah, that's what, Brit, that's what Brits were supposed to be thinking. Um, when I, uh, you know, of course, when I, when I finally came out this, this, this way, found that that was uh, not exactly the case. Did you ever, didn't, didn't, didn't you come across that at all? Yeah. Crispy seaweed is a starter in Chinese restaurants. Um, Japanese. <laughs> no, pardon me, but we did have those prawn toasts, um, which I, I thought oh, yeah. were quite interesting because growing up in Hong Kong, we didn't really have prawn toast. Um, you know, to be honest, toast wasn't, I mean, mm. unless you went to the Ta Tan Tang and you exactly. had it with sweetened yeah, condensed milk. Yeah, but yeah. you didn't really have sort of, um, yeah, you didn't have prawn toast. <laughs> that was no. an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, that is. Well, okay, so looking at the way it's um, used today in a world that has moved on for, for almost almost every developed country where people can afford to uh, to eat out are familiar with Japanese food. I think it's been you know it's done a great sort of uh, job on promoting seaweed, which is which has many uh, many beneficial elements to it. I mean, it's used a lot today. The kind of very dried seaweed as a flavour enhancer by those who are health conscious of not wanting to use too much salt, not to have too much sodium in their diet, or to avoid some of the flavour enhancers. And it's, it's just full of, uh, uh, it's full of so many positives, which it's are... Which really are got a lot of, of iodine in it. So oh, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if yeah. you've got a, so those of you who have a thyroid issue, maybe it's not so good to have it. But generally speaking, seaweed is a great source of iodine. And, you know, we should all try to, to have some seaweed in our lives. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, let's talk about the health benefits a little bit more, actually, because yeah, I wanted to do that anyway. Um, it's, um, if, you do, if you do have um, seaweed in your diet, you may be able to join some of the uh, healthiest and longest living people um, in the world who live in Okinawa in Japan, who, who for many, many decades <laughs> have always been cited as those that, uh, that live the longest. It's, um, it's not only from that, of course, it's from some of the seafood that they eat as well and maybe a healthy lifestyle but yeah okinawa in japan is a place where all kinds of interesting uh seaweeds are around there that you don't normally see in japanese restaurants um uh, across japan or even certainly not over here or around the world they have these really interesting miniature ones with tiny little baubles um which are um occasionally you'll get them uh in some restaurants but they're really expensive at very top end Japanese restaurants here. As well as the uh, iodine that you mentioned, there's iron, zinc, and a whole string of vitamins, including A, C, E, K, and B12. Um, so so there's, a, there's a lot. There's, there's macronutrients. Um, there's, there's sodium in seaweed already. I mean, it does have a certain saltiness, so it's not sodium-free. But there's also other, um, uh, other elements which are of nutrients that are important in daily well-being calcium magnesium um yeah and um and as i mentioned i think zinc and iron so there's a lot going on in there oh you're making me hungry i feel like one of those like ah. um uh seaweed uh chips or seaweed snacks oh, those yeah. are pretty yeah. delicious well, when my when my son was at uh, primary school i'm not sure to be honest how healthy these are because i don't know what else is mixed in with the uh 
with the uh, fla- in the flavourings, he would take in these little nori packets for break time sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the little, the, the, the yeah. little trips. And that was a, that was a favourite. But I think there may be some flavour enhancers in, the, in there. I'm not sure. Um, they, some of them were from Japan. Sometimes they were from Korea, but they didn't always have an English translation, so I couldn't really tell what was in there. But they tasted good. He liked them. And he's, he's turned out to be taller than me. So, oh, so he must have got something out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also there are antioxidants which protect our cells from free radicals, which uh, help to avoid heart disease, cancer and other diseases. It's all proven by a lot of research that's been going on for decades now. And free radicals, by the way, if we're, if we're not sure what they are, they're molecules produced when your body breaks down food. And um, they can also be... Uh, produced when you're exposed to people smoking tobacco or if there's radiation around and antioxidants can break these up and then you you get rid of them in the way you flush out your toxins so the other thing before we go on to the way that um while we're talking about things that are good about seaweed is their sustainability um so we will get back to the actual you know dishes and so on but uh, but while we're on the point of it being a good option to choose Seaweed um, can play a role in combating climate change in the way that plants where fields have to be used and maybe pesticides used. Uh, Seaweed doesn't require those. It doesn't need any land. Um, uh, It doesn't so so no toxins are going to go into into the land. When 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 seaweed is cultivated, as it is in a lot of places around the world in coastal areas. It is grown in the natural seawater, so there's nothing added that's polluting the seawater from there. Uh, you know, whereas um, vegetables would need fertilizer, which can be natural, but often isn't. And also, uh... vegetables would need irrigation and water, which uh, which is not the case with with uh, with seaweed. So and wait, so to, uh, so seaweed yeah. helps to combat climate change. Well, it's, it's, I mean, yes, in a way, because if, if it's being harvested, as it now is in some places, it doesn't require irrigation, extra water, to draining water resources, doesn't need any fertiliser whatsoever. Um, so it, so it's, um, it's cultivated within a coastline that, that it is normally either compatible or indigenous to. So should we still it, eat it seaweed, bit, then? Yeah, I mean, it's got, there's, so, there's so much that's good about it. And according to... Um, Ambrosia magazine, which is a global food magazine that has a, an edition in Hong Kong, um, they said in an article late last year that 70% of the world's oxygen, according to scientific research, comes from both seaweed and other microscopic <laughs> algae, which is in freshwater Whoa. bodies of water as well. That's where more, so 70%, 30% comes uh, from trees oh, uh, wow. and, and other vegetation. So because there are so there's so much algae, we're only talking focusing today on. We've talked about algae a little bit before, but but we're talking about seaweed, which is um, uh, um, a- along with uh, freshwater algae uh, contributes seventy percent of oxygen around. So that's that's quite an amazing fact. Whoa. So lots of reasons to get behind it. Um, uh, so th- th- there are different types, and I've sent you some pictures of types of seaweed. The first image that I sent you, which is very brownish in colour, is quite a delicate type from Ireland, um, where it's where seaweed has been harvested for many, many years. 
um, and it is, it's used in food production as well. This type of delicate Irish moss type of seaweed um, is, is, a, is one version of, uh, this would fit into the palm of a hand, um, the, the image that you see. And the edible versions of seaweed can start at this level of being quite a delicate um, growth of, uh, of seaweed to the massive uh, kelp, which is a family of seaweed. And I've sent you a picture of a diver harvesting, uh, checking on kelp underwater, mm. which is uh, which is naturally growing in uh, in in, some, in many parts of the world, from cold water to tropical water. Um, it's it's eaten um, in Asia, along coastlines in China, Japan, Korea. Uh, kelp is also eaten, um, and other types of seaweed in northern Europe, Norway, the Scandinavian uh, countries are also into it. But Norway is the biggest eater of of seaweed of various types. Well, France. I've never tried kelp before. What does it taste like? Well, it's quite, um, it's thicker and it's quite, it's quite crunchy. In fact, it's a little bit, uh, occasionally I've had it in some Chinese uh, restaurants. I don't think Cantonese, if I remember correctly, but you can get it. You can also get it in Korean restaurants. It's crunchier. Um, it's, it's sometimes um, either in brine or pickles, uh, sometimes with, with, um, with a little bit of chili and other and pepper. Oh, oh, wait, is it the Japanese seaweed sort of thing? You know how sometimes when you go to the supermarket or you go to Japanese restaurants, yeah. they give you yeah, the... Yeah, Japanese as well. Yeah, uh, Japanese and Korean, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, yeah. What, that, okay, yeah. I, I know which one you... Okay, then I have tried Crunchy. kelp. Okay, yeah, it is sort of... Yeah. It's kind of a bit chewier as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is a different yeah. family. Um, and um, that seaweed the, salad that you usually get in Japanese restaurants. So that's kelp, I think. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's another type, which uh. I sent another uh, <laughs> image of, which is called um, laminaria, which is actually oh. a type. It's a kind of a sub branch of kelp, but it's finer. Laminaria. And you can see um, the salad or mixed vegetable, which has some shredded carrot and uh, and, and red onion in with laminaria and that is actually uh, a very common um, and much loved dish in russia so wow. um, seaweed is also enjoyed as a, uh, a part of a mixed vegetable which is either sauteed um, and eaten hot or it cools down in the warmer months in russia and is eaten like that and you can see from the image that they've also sprinkled a few um, sesame seeds on there as well. Wow. For extra I'm just that. reading about laminaria. It's a yeah. type of sort of edible seaweed, um, micro, yeah. macro algae used for weight loss, high blood pressure, as a bulk laxative for constipation and for treating radiation sickness. Wow, okay. that's interesting. That's, that's interesting, yeah. And, it is, and, and, it's, and it's, so it's a type of kelp from the kelp family as well. Yeah. So. So, so Sounds... Europeans, contrary to what we may think, do eat uh, seaweed and um, yeah, the, and, and and kelp in in particular. There is also in um, uh, in the UK, and I've included a picture of uh, of, a, of a seaweed dish with a, with some toast, which is eaten for breakfast in South Wales, which is interesting. Um, it's called lava bread, and it's prepared by uh, by, by washing the seaweed, boiling it, and it's made into a puree, 
uh, which is known as lava bread. It doesn't look much like bread, truth be told. It's, it looks like a, a kind of a puree or a kind of mash. Um, but it's a, um, it's, it's a kind of paste that can be dried and then it can be, uh, you can either put flour or oatmeal around it and, uh, and fry it and it can be had hot like a sort of a vegetarian patty really um but it's eaten but it is eaten often with bacon and other kind of and sausages and sometimes in wales it's eaten with uh, some of their other fresh things from the sea cockles the small um small shellfish uh, and in the southwest of england sorry go on i was gonna say andrew before i forget you know the very first picture that you talked about the irish seaweed or the irish algae yeah yeah. That kind of, at first, I didn't realize it was, I, I've never heard of Irish algae before. I thought it was a type of snow fungus, suit yi, that oh, we have in, yeah. in Chinese cooking. It looks a bit like, it, well, really it looks, looks like it. yeah, it looks like suit yi, uh, snow uh, fungus, doesn't it? Yeah, that actually, it does. It looks like a, a darker version of the yeah. snow fungus, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's true. Anyway. Um, it's, um, it, it's from the uh, brown algae family, which, uh, which is uh, which is the way that um, the, the, the delicate um, uh, brown seaweed is referred to mm. around the uh, around the Irish coastline. Um, yeah, the, in, 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 into um, uh, southwest um, England in Devon and Cornwall, they also have the same thing as the um, as the Welsh with lava bread, but they they have it with. Uh, with something with their own homemade sausages so it's kind of but it's interesting that it's eaten people sometimes uh used to bulk at eating seaweed in the uk when they heard about japanese things certainly they did around the um <laughs> let's say southern england around the london area and maybe some other parts of the country where, where it was a new thing to eat seaweed but in, in these in these uh areas like wales and uh, cornwall and devon they've been eating it uh, all along so you can, um, you, you can. There are major differences then between uh, vegetables and uh, and seaweed. Not only in in farming them, but also in the way that they grow. So vegetables um, have a um, have roots uh, and a vascular type of structure that goes through them, which are like veins that you see in vegetables or plants where the water goes through. But seaweeds have a, a totally different way of growing, and they have a different root system as well which is called a hold fast root system it's a very short stem so they can they can hook on to rocks they need to so that they don't get swept away in the currents and they produce their own nutrients um through sunlight and chlorophyll so it, it really i mean there is a lot to be said for them um they they also have a umami flavor which we've mentioned before which you know comes from uh, comes from japanese uh, language originally and it was a bowl of um seaweed soup where the term umami first ever came from in japan now it's applied to things like mushrooms soy sauce um meaty flavor and um it's uh, so there's um there's there's a way of adding that to your flavor really easily by just chopping up fresh or dry seaweed. I'm going to move on from this because I see we don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> Two I to minutes mention, left. Yeah, I wanted to mention really quickly, um, and I've sent you a picture of this. I've been meaning to say this for a few weeks, but I always run out of time, so I'm going to get it in now. A veggie restaurant that I went to in Jordan, which is called Lotus, and I know we don't promote places, but I just really enjoyed a great meal there. And I, and I, and I had been there by coincidence around the same time that you interviewed someone, Becky Lee from uh, RTHK TV, oh, who yes. talked about restaurants around uh, Jordan. 
And um, not that she can mention all of them or go to all of them for that programme, but I just wanted to add this. It's now not very timely because it's three weeks later and I've not had time. Every time it's been in front of me, but I've never had time to mention it until now. So I've got it in. Um, Lotus Restaurant. It's a Buddhist, a Buddhist um, veggie dining room, but it's not. It's kind of a little, it's light and breezy. And I, I included a lunch that I had there after an appointment that I had in an office nearby. And it was purely vegetarian and really, really satisfying. Loads of different mushrooms. Um, and I just enjoyed feeling very full. And it always feels healthy after having a bowl of veg. Talking about healthy things today, folks. It's seaweed and then a vegetarian lunch. Finally, I, I've got a few seconds. I received three weeks ago, didn't have time to mention, my first Mid-Autumn Festival mooncake press releases from a top hotel um, three weeks ago. And we haven't, I had not started thinking about Mid-Autumn Festival and mooncake until that plopped into my inbox. And I've had several more since that first one arrived three weeks ago. It always makes me smile how far ahead these PR people are with the mooncake press releases. Excellent. Well done. And that's <laughs> timing right there. Andrew, thank you so much for your sharing this week. And I look forward to uh, more chats with you next week. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Speak oh. then. Bye now. Bye for now. Well done. <laughs>